0: Mate, this is going to be awesome. It's nice a to come down this Hit him, hit him. It's more than just a hobby, it's who we are. Mm. Oh. Cracker, that's why we hunt. Welcome to the Educated Hunter podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Ultimate OE. Ultimate OE provides safe, unique, hunting-based experiences for passionate hunters and outdoorsmen. From hunting stone sheep in the mountains of British Columbia, rutting moose on the gravel bars of the Yukon, to chasing roaring red stags in the Highland of Scotland, Ultimate OE's paid overseas experiences are designed for hunters, by hunters, to maximise enjoyment, learning and experience. For more information... It can be found at ultimateoe.co.nz or flick us an email, give us a call. We're always happy to talk through what kind of hunting adventure would be best for you.
1: Today's podcast, I catch up with Andre, or Dre as he's probably better known from the Hunters Club. And we basically, we cover Andre's lifetime of hunting, essentially, um, starting from the Pacific Islands and what that meant to hunt then and the very primitive form of which hunting was the reasons why he hunted back then and everything in between that early beginning to now as part of the hunters club television show juggling kids businesses a love and passion of hunting the show and everything else that makes up andre's life Re- really cool conversation andre um, speaks very well so i think there'll be a lot of Little wee gems in there for our listeners. So I really enjoyed this podcast. Please, just have a listen. I'm sitting, well, actually, I'm in my lounge and Andre's in his office in uh, Hamilton. So this is a slightly different podcast, but we're just going to have basically a chat about Andre, where it begun for him and and where he's found himself now. And I guess a little bit of the reality around that, uh, because I'm pretty sure it's, you know, whilst I I think he'd openly admit that it's good fun, um, he's definitely juggling a lot and it's not that easy, you know. Yeah, no, that's true. I I I, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so basically Andre, where did where did hunting begin for you? Like where did it start?
2: I guess for me, um, if I go all the way sort of back, it was always sort of a um I was a little bit external to it. My dad, I guess, was a was a keen hunter and he when he immigrated from he's from the Pacific Islands, when he immigrated to New Zealand he I guess he's sort of like minded sort of individual and the outdoors is sort of attracted to to him to certain people that he met in New Zealand and, and they obviously were hunters and so I as a kid growing up I didn't do a lot of hunting with my dad initially um, it was more sort of stories conveyed from his friends and himself about their exploits and you know harassing the, the wild pig and deer populations around the central North Island and the Waikato area so initially for me it was sort of a it was an idea I guess and then um, as I got older and uh, I suppose the natural progression is to well I guess if you're that way sort of inclined is to ask more questions and then you find yourself pursuing the the sport or 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 trying to spend as much time in the outdoors and I guess that's how it sort of transgressed for me was that through through those sort of stories of hearing what my dad did when he was I guess my age now I had an I had an interest for for the outdoors and fishing probably initially and then that sort of sort of changed into to hunting and and other things but I think it also, I think the the places that we lived too, they were sort of vessels for that because of the people that we lived around and, and in some mm-hmm. cases we lived in different parts of the Pacific and it was just more of a way of life generally. So it was really hard not to partake in things like walk around with a slingshot in your back pocket and chasing birds and fishing and doing mm. all those things in the bush. So for me, it's always felt something really relatively net, uh, natural, but in the sense of sport and big game hunting, that probably didn't really come around till later in my late teens and probably even more heightened when I got down to university in the South Island because that's obviously a mecca for, as most hunters in New Zealand know yeah. or have, have, have anything to do with the South Island. If you're outdoor-centric, well, yeah, it's just all there on your back doorstep.
1: Yeah, no, that is definitely a good little honey hole down here. So that being said, like, you're – so you, you actually grew up or, you know, spent some time on the islands yourself mm-hmm. as a youngster?
2: Yeah, I'll. Oh, fortunately, I think well, I was pretty fortunate. Because my father, or uh, well, my parents, were um, travelled a fair bit with with their work around parts of the um, Pacific. Um, so yeah, grew up in different places like like Papua New Guinea. Probably spent a lot of time there, and um, yeah, my dad worked in the Solomon Islands and you know North Queensland yeah. and and parts of Southeast Asia. So yeah, got exposed to a lot of that stuff, and just by nature of the people you're around, they're part of their culture you know, quite a big chunk of their culture is hunting and gathering. And so you kind of get, have that sort of stuff rub off on you from a very young age, I guess.
1: Mm. And mm. then that sort of, and, and, and certainly correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't spent much time, you know, in the Pacific Island. So so hunting back then, I am, you know, I'm guessing, you know, 30 years ago type thing. Yeah. Would their hunting, was it sort of still necessity? Like, is that, yeah. is that where their yeah, substance, their protein came from?
2: Absolutely. I, I think back to sort of the time I spent in places at Papua New Guinea and, and they, and it's probably in you know, its real rawest and probably natural form mm. and they probably wouldn't even refer to it as hunting. It's sort of just like them going and getting their food, you know, yep. um, and, and hunting, I guess for them would encapsulate things like um, spearfishing and um, reef walking and getting shellfish and I guess the whole process of hunting and gathering. Mm. But yeah, it t- absolutely subsistence. It was, it was not for sport or I guess... Maybe some of the things that we associate with our our hunting and and sort of larger uh, big game type hunting for them it was yep. it was purely about food and, and survival, I guess.
1: That's and that's awesome. I love I love that and the fact that and I, I've already <laughs> going off topic here, but like I still believe that those of us that are passionate about hunter hunting, and, and I say passionate about it, and the fact that. It's what they do and what they sit with comfortably, not something that they've sort of picked up later or it's, yeah, or it's yeah. become a fashionable or a, yeah, so you know, me, like we, whole, we use all these yeah, different terms now, like organic foods and yeah, health yeah, foods, yeah. and I I understand it all, but yeah, there's something in me and in a few of my friends that I, I and I don't I don't have the qualifications or or even the the real education to speak at a high enough level of, with a true understanding, but I think that my dna or some part of me is closer to primitive than others and it, yeah, it sits yeah. it sits easier for me to do this hunting and stuff
2: yeah I, i'm I, i'm in the same boat i from, like i was saying I, I sort of i was that's what i was sort of saying i was sort of like um it wasn't like a direct route like of gone and got my firearms license when I was 15 and, and now I'm hunting sort of pigs and deer type scenario for me it was sort of went even further back to that it was always the, old, the association was always with food and not only from from my sort of my own familial background but just going to some of the places that I was fortunate to, enough to grow up and what what I associated hunting with was this, this direct correlation with with food and subsistence and surviving and, and stuff like that so it, it for me it was this quite a this quite natural evolution like you know Mm. building up into into what i probably consider what i call hunting now and the things that i do uh with with say, for instance the hunters club and stuff so
0: um
2: yeah it's to me it feels really natural it's like a it's i don't contemplate it i don't think about it to me i just my the roots of hunting for me go way back to that real primal kind of
0: caveman Mm. sort of
2: scenario when someone says hunting to me i and i think about the earliest moments of hunting, i think back to like you know, shooting bats with a shanghai sort of scenario
1: and, and yeah no I uh, obviously not bats, but i I like <laughs> mine's very much the same, like with essentially primitive weapons mm. and and it wasn't always successful but i, I remember as a young kid sitting in mock my pretending to shoot birds with sticks, like <laughs> like nothing yeah. was ever going to die on that day, but uh, yeah, but yeah. the process was happening and yeah. then and then when I think about it even more, you know you you sort of find yourself within a community. And like if, and this is a little bit morbid, so I don't mean it to be that way, but if, if somebody needed an injured dog or an animal put down, I would mm. be one of the few in my core group in my own community that they would call to get them to, to do that job. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's because it sits differently with me than it does with them. Because yeah. they're not they're not heartless, they understand the need for it, they understand why they're doing it, there's no nothing wrong with the process or the thinking, it's just something that doesn't sit with them yeah whereas no, it it's okay with me
2: yeah and that and I, I find it the same i mean like it, it's sort of horses horses for courses type scenario and some people have different views on on how they associate themselves to say hunting or what they consider as hunting and, mm-hmm. and other people can't associate with that personally but mm-hmm. they're also hunters too so some people yep. have different sort of drivers or, or, or like you said like Sort of different understanding of, of certain scenarios that might be related to things like hunting or the outdoors, or, or like you said, like even even uh, taking care of animals and stuff like that. Like yep. yeah, you can you have you have a slightly different take on it if you're a hunter, I guess.
1: Mm, no, no, I agree, and, and I think that's this is probably the I don't know, like it's one, it's probably the best way I've seen hunting start on this podcast. <laughs> like, it, that's cool. Um, but then, how does that get from I guess those real humble beginnings? Um, to sort of where you are now, and we don't have to go right to where you are now, but obviously like the progression of, I guess, expedition of different species, um, you know, like how do you, how have you found your path in that? I think,
2: I think it probably without, um, I mean, for me, it's pretty simple. Like I, I, I look back to that point when I sort of left school, um, hunting up to that point was something that was sort of done every now and then and talked about it, had a really strong interest in it, but didn't, um, Wasn't really active out there as as a sort of a teenager, but when I got to university and and uh, sort of bumped into a good friend and a lifelong friend and and hunting um, partner Jamie Carl, we just we kind of just locked horns and well, that was the end of that. We like pretty much every weekend from from the the first year at university onwards, we Mm -hmm. we spent in the mountains. And just sort of like forging our own, our own sort of understanding of hunting. We didn't, both of us are neither from what we'd probably consider, you know, family sort of legacies and and big game hunting or anything like that. We were, um, now both our parents or fathers had dabbled in hunting and probably considered themselves hunters too, but, but not, not, not out there. Every raw type scenario that you see a lot of, uh, guys and stuff doing. So we, we, we were lucky in the sense that we just had. All this freedom is sort of basically straight out of school, teenagers. Yeah. Um, and just this massive stretch of wilderness with, you know, numerous different species. And I guess that's when the sort of the other degree that we were starting sort of happen on the, on the, in the backburn is that we were, we're out in the bush and just learning our craft basically by, by effectively trial and error. Um, and I think both of our attitudes and the way that we, <laughs> in some, in some cases, probably, wrong since we kind of spurred each other on to sort of push hard and push further and, you know, we've learned a huge <laughs> amount of –
1: Competitiveness. St-
2: yeah, it was a, I guess there's a friendly competitiveness, but there's like a – more of like a comradeship where you're you really just like – you're always nudging each other going, what do you reckon we go around the next catch? or the next catch. With? And, mm-hmm. You know, this turns from a five-day hunt into a bloody 12-day
1: you know, yeah, hoping somebody's taking notes <laughs> in the lectures. <laughs> yeah, well
2: whilst we're we're out of uni for for a whole week, but yeah, that, that that was I think that was a real turning point for me and really opened my eyes up. And that's what really pushed me into that. You know, really and and really enjoying that um, the hunting sort of scene and and what it what it gave to us as as uh, mm-hmm. you know people in New Zealand. Like it wasn't just the hunting aspect too. There's a, there's a huge like component of it was which was just adventure or being exploration, outdoors, isn't it? exploration, yeah, and and um and just any just the scenery on the scenery alone. I mean, you know, a small uh, for for a guy that's come from um you know different parts of the Pacific and lived in 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 mostly urban areas in New Zealand and be able to just have this freedom of just literally loading up the car and just heading for the main divide and hoping for the best type scenario. Like it's it's a really mm. I really look back on those sort of years as with, with a lot of like I don't know they just I'd love to go back and do it all again, but at the same yeah. time I am kind of happy with what what we did, you know,
1: where where it's come to. Mm. But yeah, well, that I, would, I be, that a, would have, definitely be the turning yeah.
2: point for me where it became a real serious thing was <laughs> was in those yeah. first, first like eighteen, nineteen, or whatever it was. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, definitely. And I think I think everybody that you know because there's there's all, all forms of hunters, but there's some guys that. I guess, stick to hunting and, and essentially make it a career. It's hard to mm. stick to it at such a high level if it's not in part your career. Yeah. But there's definitely um, there's definitely something about those that forge a path in it, that there's a period of time, and it, it does tie to the people they're sharing that time with mm. and and the comparative freedom that they have in that time. And, you know, for you, I, I'm making assumptions, but, you know, um, early study days or, or late study days, you know, still single, no children. Yeah, yeah. Freedom, <laughs> freedom just to have at whatever was in front of you. Um, yeah. Probably you our, know, wives,
2: our wives, our wives probably be cringing listening to this because we sort of, we always bang <laughs> on about it, but it was, it was a time of our lives. I mean, you, you're 18, yeah. 19, no responsibility. You've got your, you know, your firearms license and a vehicle and just this basically endless gullies and guts and mountains to climb. Um, yeah, it was, it was and you know you physically able and willing
1: mm. so yeah, physically was able a, is a
2: big one <laughs> it was a hell it was a hell of a time and 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 you know we were learning i mean I'm even now I'm 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 definitely con- never not learning hunting mm. you know I've hunted i, might have hunt, I might have hunted species for tens of years now but like you you just you're always learning or taking home something from every trip and i think at back then yeah. when i when i think back to it, everything was everything was 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 a learning curve, and and uh, yeah, like I said, we just we only had ourselves to bounce it back and forth from, and, and mm-hmm. yeah, we just we were so into it that I guess it was such a big part of our lives that we were, you know, we were really, really good, keen young men, I suppose, and and I think mm-hmm. that makes a difference too, because if you're not having someone sort of pushing you into it and you really enjoy it yourself, then it becomes a true passion of yours, you know.
1: Mm, yeah, and, and passion is important. It's mm. something that I uh, I advocate now around a few of the the schools. Is around, you know, young people trying to find their passion, um, mm-hmm. in, in whatever form it is, not, not, not only hunting, but I think it's something we're sort of washing out of the youth these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. In part by enjoying everything and being good at everything. And I, I, in part, understand that completely, but I think that it actually distracts and, and means that people can get by without finding their passions. And I, mm-hmm. and I mean that in the fact that, you know, if we're, averagely good at everything we never actually become the last person picked on the soccer team so then decide to shift away from soccer and take up rugby and yeah, then find we're a- good at rugby like we're, <laughs> we're missing that now and it's yeah it's but that's just something that's <laughs> we're getting away from hunting but that's just the current thought so from that what 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 would be i guess your favorite hunt or your favorite species now oh. and they're probably quite different well they can be very different things you know
2: yeah it's um I was just sort of, someone asked me this just the other day and I was sort of, I've been sort of, over that over different times, I guess it's changed and where I, I guess depending where I am, but I, for some reason, I still fall back to, to hunting chamois and I, I, it probably goes back to that, just, you know, we spoke about this sort of turning point and that sort mm-hmm. of late teenage years and it was, I don't know, it was just a species that I, for some reason, I, and Jamie probably <laughs> attested this too, but like I just toiled over hunting these things for some reason at one point they were almost a mythical animal to me but like yep. they i don't know we just spent so much time <laughs> they hunting still them. are
1: sometimes <laughs> oh
2: yeah and, and and getting those class um tr- what's considered a trophy i guess is a, is a real it's a real hard ask oh so there's a couple of components to Them, it's the terrain that shammy live in um it's their habit um at times but uh but i guess their curiosity but also um you know Oh yeah, it's probably more the terrain, I suppose, and mm. and I guess there's a sort of like legacy to it to me, where it was one of the first species that was new to me when I moved to the South Island and started hunting that I just found so difficult to to, to nail that first one, that it's always got this sort of place in my heart that I really really enjoy hunting I and mean, now with the bow, it's it's even more of a challenge, and mm. I probably enjoy it even more. But in saying that, like I love hunting red stags. That, I mean, most, most hunters that hunt in New Zealand that, that hunt the raw and, and red deer, like yep. that, that's obviously a big crescendo in the year. And more recent times, probably rooster and Seeker deer now being back up in the North Island, like I really enjoy, because it's such different hunting and, and yep. the species of deer are, mm. are quite different. So I really enjoy the different terrains that the animals inhabit and the different challenges that they throw at you in terms of just the way that re- they respond um, and, the, and the different times of year that, and things that they're doing, for instance. But yeah, I think in more recent time, Samba, Rusa and Seeker have taken up a lot more of my time than, um, than it has done in, in the earlier days. But yeah, mm. I'll, don't get me wrong, if, if you called me <laughs> up and, and told me that, that uh, there's a big stag raw mission coming up in April, I'd be i will be definitely locking it in for that yeah, yeah yeah
1: well it's kind of it's kind of one of those black marks on the calendar anyway isn't it like, yeah yeah it's, it's yeah. always they've got a plan out. yet but it's happening then you know like so you you're I guess through that tertiary period or tertiary education period that's mm-hmm. my understanding of when you started kicking around I guess socially with a few of the guys that you now are part of the hunters club with was that sort of a yeah, I right of yep.
2: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, so just bit of back to what you were saying earlier on in, the, um, in our discussion of but you, you sort of end up sort of being surrounded by of sort of like-minded people. And I guess back then, well, I didn't, I didn't know many other guys. a my sort of like circle of friends from school of even, um, even like like in of a hall, for instance, that I was at when I first started studying that we were right, sort of into it. So um, I guess you kind of gravitate to guys of have similar interests. And, and I guess mm-hmm. that little hub of people, little at, the, at, our, at that stage of our lives, it wasn't that many of them. So, yeah, we I mean, guys like Dan Curley and, and Anto Hall and Jamie and, 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 a, and a few other guys, I mean, yeah, we, we, we sort of started hunting together going back to, to those tertiary sort of university days. So, yeah, and that's... Yeah, I'm just sort of like jogging my memory now when I'm talking yeah, yeah, no, no. about it. Like, I, yeah, the, we had the same sort of mentality. Like, it was like, yep. "What are you doing this weekend? Oh, playing footy, or we're going hunting." That was <laughs> yeah. that was pretty Yeah, or What's it. happening
1: this weekend? Yeah, yeah,
2: or and if you weren't doing that, you were, you know, doing. Doing stuff at university or whatever, whatever that entailed, usually behind mm-hmm. a bar leaning up against it, I suppose. But yeah, so you, that, when you got guys like that were actually genuinely keen, it's like, I'll meet you at the gate at, you know, at the letterbox at 6am on Saturday morning. Well, those are the guys that turned up. So, you know, you, you just ended up carrying on and, and doing like-minded things with them too. So yeah, and everyone had their own, had their own sort of like take on it too. Sorry. Yeah, that, everyone had their own take on it too and like what hunting meant to them. So we were sort of bouncing ideas off each other all the time
1: so when did the did the hunters club was that a was that a conversation that came up at one of these times when you're supporting the local establishments or <laughs> was it something well, I that think, I think had going, been around
2: I think going back and um looking like thinking back to it we probably talked and jo- joked and jeered about it, but not 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 really sort of seriously really mm-hmm. I mean actually thinking of it, Jamie was always pretty keen he was always recording. Like he, he's that that guy's fastidious I and mean, is that even the right word, but he's he's just great at cataloging everything. Like he takes photos and writes stuff. I down actually in a remember because
1: he, he was the mountain man, or referenced as the mountain man, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And well, I remember been... back then, I guess you know we're talking pre New Zealand based yeah. hunting television shows. <laughs> like he was, he was kind of almost bucking trends in in i guess oh, becoming a brand and putting it out there yeah
2: i, I think so i eh? i think um i think i think so so and i and and i even even now i'm sort of like he, he's a great he's great at recording things and like taking time to um take note and photos and record videos so he's got this great catalog of stuff that we can go kind of go back to but um yeah that when i when i look back at those those sort of times it's only now that i appreciate i appreciate because back then when i was doing it i was always going oh jeez he's always carrying his fu- his, <laughs> his camera and his bloody thing you know but it, it was great at, at, at being able to capture it. but it's now sitting back here you know talking to you on a podcast i can kind of like oh my sister yeah appreciate it and flick through photos and footage and stuff like that to sort of jog mm. my memory um so I don't know, we were actually, you were, you were asking me something else and I kind of wandered well, off we, there. We but,
1: started with the Hunters Club, but that's that's fine. Yeah. So the Hunters oh, Club so now... Yeah.
2: So, yeah, so to come back to that, um, yeah, I, I mean, we were all sort of removed from We were all sort of off doing our own our own thing and I guess hunting, as we were normally, um, we sort of disbanded. We were all based in sort of crisis, I guess, and everyone sort of moved to different ends of the country and overseas and, and whatnot and just getting on with their lives, I suppose. And... and um, Definitely wasn't something that came out of my head, but um, I know Dan and, and um, Dave Shaw, who's the producer uh, of the Hunters Club. He, him and Dan had paths crossing at at some point, and 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 so the story goes, I guess over over a beer and a and a bit of a um, power. I think they sort of sparked the the idea of, of maybe giving it a nudge, and I guess li- literally from from maybe a discussion over a few beers to 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 saying, well, hey, why don't you take us for a hunt and see what we can sort of capture on camera and, and uh, see if it kind of works out I think it sort of spurred on from that and and just due to that little sort of circle of friends that being involved in we'd sort of banded together or Dan sort of said hey what do you reckon about this idea and it, it just sort of almost sort of cartwheeled from there really you know literally from a discussion I think I remember the first time I met Dave actually he was passing through and I'd i been down hunting fellow actually in the South Island and uh, I just made it back up to the North Island and Dan had sort of thrown the idea to me, I just kinda of shrugged it off and said, Oh that sounds awesome, mate. it would be pretty cool if you got that sorta of started and about I literally landed in the North Island and the next day I got a call from Dave saying, Hey, I'm passing through or do you wanna do you wanna meet up I uh, you know, met with Dan and filmed the pilot and so anyway, over a coffee got going from there and he said, Oh what do you reckon? What should we what do you reckon you recommend for a hunt? And so literally we just off we went, kinda of scenario <laughs> the rest is sort of history, but yeah, I think That's like awesome. most things in New Zealand they sort of start over a bit of a yarn and a beer and yep. sort of, well,
1: yeah, somehow yeah, there's a bit of number eh?
2: of wire and some bailing twine in there and then you suddenly find yourself out in the out in the bush filming a hunting T V show.
1: Yeah, man. Exactly. And so how does how does that feel now for you? Like obviously um, <clears> you know, from from really humble hunt beginnings to you oh, know arguably bit- and we can talk about yeah. it in a little bit, but living the dream. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it probably seems so not I, I sometimes pinch myself a little bit too, going, "Geez, we're we're actually really doing this stuff." And uh, but in terms of like how it feels and and um, and what hunting is to me, and it, it hasn't changed a lot really. Like I, mm. I prep for every hunt just like I would with most uh, most most hunts we do, whether it's on camera or not. But I guess the biggest difference is even <laughs> even up to the point where it actually goes on screen. I don't really. I'm not a huge TV watcher, which is, mm-hmm. um, I guess. Uh, it's probably a good thing because I don't I don't actually yep. sit down and watch them very often, and so I'm kind of removed from it a little bit. Like I'm doing it, but I'm I'm sort of like removed from the fact that it actually goes onto the screen and somebody's sitting in the living room watching it. So I think for for me anyway, personally, the other guys probably have different point of view, but I think for me that kind of keeps it real. If I can keep separated from that process a little bit, even though it's yep, obviously understand. not the same, then it, it, I can I guess I can see some longevity and making still having the interest, still having the passion to do effectively what it is that we enjoy which is hunting and doing stuff in the outdoors hmm. and i think there's some legs in it but probably the biggest thing is obviously having camera crew and guys and off, yep. you know off your shoulder and, and, and my hunting has changed a lot in the last five or six years of, because of because of that probably for the better when i think about it because you tend to take things a little bit slower you, um, you become a bit more methodical in the way you prepare but also because you've got a guy on the hill with you that's trying to capture things you, you're never in too much of a rush and when hmm. you are, you're always cursing them because you need you need to get going. To get, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you're gonna miss the opportunity. Yeah. So,
1: but it is it kind of you're out, right now. in the fact that um, by having that handbrake, if you like, it, it allows you the time or the emotion, be it through yourself or yeah. or the cameraman or the others, yeah. to find things you hadn't valued as much before, and, yeah, and be so. it you know just the time itself or or looking at different catchments in a different way, and and in part that's you know likes of having the having the cameraman there or taking a client with your guiding or what have you mm. like the things that they take out of them you take out of them as a subsidiary mm. and i think i think that's where the learning comes from later yeah. on after you, you know done enough hunting then you start getting more value out of all the other parts yeah
2: I'll, I'll be i'll be honest with you like up until um we sort of uh with the other boys and, and dave we sort of started really cranking the gears on it i think we were sort of <laughs> settling into that sort of like humdrum type you know going out for a hunt type scenario that the thirst wasn't <laughs> wasn't was sort of waning a little bit i guess for me anyway because yep. like my um sort of job and career and stuff was sort of taking me from place to place and so my hunting was was uh starting to sort of wane a little bit so it was yep. a real good way to sort of re re-spark the whole thing it was it was really timely actually because um it was that it was and it was a, the key thing was just that that new learning curve like the hunting and stuff we kind of banked and we've done it and I was happy to go bush and do my thing but with, with filming stuff and and uh, having produced like Dave with you all the time it was it just sort of re- reignited this whole interest back in it and, and from a slightly different angle because you're trying to capture stuff but you're also trying to um, you know capture it in a certain way so that it was it was different and, and, and it was um, striking and mm. that people wanted to watch it I guess but at the same time make it real I mean we don't consider ourselves experts what what we do we're just just like every other kiwi guy that's passionate about the outdoors and hunting we're, yeah. we're just trying to trying to portray that in, in the best way that we can possibly do right, and you're just sharing every, you know yeah exactly so yeah. We we're not trying to tell anyone that this is the way it should look or this is the way that we hunt or you know we're just uh or telling them how they should hunt f- sorry uh, we're just showing that the way that we do it and so um i think that process has been quite good in terms of like reinvigorating yeah. everything because um, mm-hmm. yeah so I
1: then what, yeah. no 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 so so for for the the hunters club or the actual production like how much hunting are you doing
2: Um fair fair um, depends it sort of swings around about it's like um, during it depends on sort of our I guess our responsibilities outside of hunting because we're yeah. all you know we're all sort of still working and uh, and uh, have businesses and family and kids and whatnot. and so it really it, it's kind of works for us because there's a balance of guys there and we can we can commit certain times of the year and other guys can have that, that sort of period off. And so we sort of chop mm. and change. I mean, most of the North Island stuff, I, I sort of carry a lot of that stuff. Um, and the guys down in the Deep South, they, they do do a lot of the sort of winter South Island hunts. But I think the way that we've sort of set it up, it's kind of good because we can sort of jockey and jostle to fit and see you mm. know where, where it suits everybody. Otherwise, that, That's just,
1: important. Yeah, yeah
2: absolutely. Because if it was just one, say it was even just one guy, for instance, be pretty tough to pack in all the hunting i mean we at, at the moment like through the raw it's probably obviously like any, any hunter even if you're not filming if you if you say for instance you're you're hunting red stags and then seeker and then into the chamois bull tar right you know like that's a good chunk um yeah and yeah. for me and for me i'm back out again hunting Rusa like now so that period extends from like late effectively late March right through to, you know, I'm, I'm, i I've just come out of bush hunting rooster in the weekend. And so, you know, that'll push right through to sort of mid-August for me. Mm. It's, a, it's a pretty active active chunk of the year. So that's like, what's that, you know, end of March, We're, April, May, June, five July? It's like five or yeah. six months.
1: <laughs> and then the difficulty is like, and I, I see it a lot with, you know, like the, the young guys that are put through to Canada and so forth, like there's a period in your life where, that's of lifestyle works. Mm. And then, you know, when you start adding independence, be it wives or, yeah, or oh, partners yeah. and kids and stuff, like if you can't have whatever it is you're doing balance out, then it's never going to last forever or yeah. it will at a cost. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, like something's uh, going to uh, break.
2: That's exactly it. And, and, and that's the trick I think that all of us that are doing the show and uh, are really sort of juggling is, is trying to be active hunters, but you know, be family men and, 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 work and run our, our own businesses and things like that so it's a real mm. juggle at times but I think the way that the format we've got kind of works because everyone's in the same similar sort of boat but you can kind of massage it but yeah you've got to be real careful I mean I mean ideally I'd love to be out there hunting every every week but it's it's not conducive to a family I've got a, I've got a young family that are that I want to spend time with and and mm. uh, there'll be times when they when they when she gets to age that she'll be you know able to come with me and stuff like that but um, yeah it's a fine balance I guess but I think it works well the way that we've kind of got yeah, it does. set it up.
1: I think it, make, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um so, um, but you, so d- you you, you watch, touched on
2: something you touched on something there before about guys going off to guide and do stuff in Canada like that, that's probably yep. one thing I regret not doing. Um yep. But I think you're right like there's a very small window in your life as you said you know, from the years of eighteen to before you got got kids and, and you settled down, that, that's about. Mm. You know, that'd be my wife would flip. I reckon if I said, "Hey, look, I want to go up and do <laughs> I've the got an idea. Northwest Territories uh, season." Um, I'll see you in four months. Like, <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. When I when I first met my wife, I was still I was away for basically six months a year. Yeah, six yeah, months yeah. of the year, and um it's it's definitely changed and. I've I've actually managed to get a, a hunt in Canada this year. Um, yeah, well, there you go. It, it took some bartering, but I'm <laughs> I'm getting there. And it is it's it's definitely it's a good thing, man. Like I think it's I think that's where I, I think outside of our own interests, I think it's really good to keep a good family life. And I think that mm. in part and and I don't know if this is going to segue anywhere or it could be a dead end, but there's there's a value in when I'm away hunting now, I'll just put it in my story. So, and it may, or may not show any resemblance (laughs) to yourself, but when I go out hunting now, there's a certain value I'm getting from seeing what I'm seeing already with the mindset of sharing that with my wife and kids later on. Mm. And then there's this, I guess, overwhelming sense of, I don't know if it's love or care or whatever of my loved ones when I'm out there and when I'm coming home. And I think that's, it's an emo- an emotional. Uh, I don't know. If roller coaster is quite the right word, but it's something we need to experience because it actually sh- it, it reminds me of where my values sit. Because if I yeah. if I head away and just keep hunting, then that is be- all I sort of start thinking about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and and it's really important for me to have a check and and that. No, I, I, I agree. Is Coming it's
2: home, a, it's a, it's that balance too. Like if if you don't have that push and pull, you know, then. Yep. Then Then uh, you know, I, I, I'm only speaking on behalf of myself, but like, then something you know that you've got to have that. Like, you, as you said, you you've got to have something that. Um, for me, it definitely, it's family first for sure. But you know, mm. with the show and, and the amount of time we spend away and things like that, like it, sometimes you're sort of teetering on the edge. And you know, my yep. wife um, definitely is is pretty tolerant for, for the stuff. You know, she's been put up for years. Mm. It, well before she, well before I'm here, her I her was doing the stuff, and so. For her to um, accommodate this stuff over the years has been, you know, it's something that I really value in her, um, mm, yep. and and she kind of understands, like the, well, kind of, I guess, but sometimes she doesn't. But, <laughs> or but you sometimes,
1: know, she, mate, it's yeah, I but you know it. what I
2: mean. Like it, it's a healthy <laughs> yeah. thing, but that, but that, that, that fact in itself that, that um, I've got someone that that's uh, willing to back me on all this stuff, and mm. and uh, you yeah, know, even when I don't want to do the trips, and sometimes, like, sometimes it's like I've got so much going on right now. A four day trip just is not gonna. It's not gonna fit in. Like she's kicking me out the door, going, "Give it a go, give it a shot." You know, like yeah, you, you're, you're, your you're in fast times now. Like you, you'll you look back on and regret it, or or um, you know, just seize the day kind of situation. But but that almost works two ways for me because that that's what kind of makes me want to be home more too. Because you know, with with young children and stuff, there's so it's, there's always this constant push and pull. And probably most hunters can relate to that if you've got kids or family. I think so because I, I think my dad sort of put it put it to me one day he's like you know it, it'll change for you as you grow up you know hunting for you right now is probably all that you think about and do but as you get older you know there's there's other responsibilities and things that that, that your life will start to take on and in you know basically it's just to me your, your job's to, to figure out where your priorities lie and I think that's probably Key thing is that at the end of the day, hunting is a passion. But in some situations, not not all of them, but it's sometimes not your priority. And so, I think yep. Jamie and I always we always put our families first, no matter what the scenario is and, and hunting comes second. But but you know, we we try and make it work. You know, but so mm. there's always there's always that push and pull.
1: That's very true. And so, and then but then also, there's you know that responsibility we're taking with our family. Do you find now, and and you're probably not going to like the terminology I use, but as a hunt celebrity, <laughs> you, yeah, I know, I know, oh, I, and I yeah, don't, I don't nah, mean that in like terms that. of, <laughs> I don't mean that in terms of what you do or why you're doing it, but the fact that you are a, f- a familiar face or somebody would look to the program and see you, do yeah, you feel that yeah. like you now take on a responsibility to, I guess, share hunting, share New Zealand, share our time in the outdoors?
2: That's a bloody good question because I, I, I do at times, I, I do, I, I do at times feel like that. I feel that like, it's kind of my job now to, to share this stuff with people, and uh, and 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 if I'm not doing it, like who else is gonna? I like, sometimes t- I sort of pep talk myself about it, and I think I think you're right. But I, as I said, I spoke, spoke about a partner's stuff, and she's pretty good at grounding me about that and saying, "Well, look, it's just it's just another hunt. Um, and the only difference is being captured and shared with other people." But I don't. <laughs> it, it used to, I guess, in the early part of when we were really trying to get the wheels cranking on it, we we were just like. We're like rats in a barrel. Just going, oh, we need to, we need to get out of here and get as much stuff as we can, and, and we're trying to capture. It, but but when we cooled yeah. our jets a little bit and realised, look, well, hang on a minute, we don't need to be running around like hit this chook. up. we we can be a bit more methodical yep. and, and a bit more well timed about it. And uh, and I think that really, I think that sort of progresses. We've got more experience in the process of making TV a day, but also just I guess learning about what it mm. takes to make the episodes i guess but yeah there is an element to that sometimes i feel like oh man i really this would be really cool to share with people but then mm-hmm. there's also the obligations of like do i have the time to actually do that like is yeah, that yeah, a, yeah. is that a trip i can fit in this year can like, i divide the, this more can i divide that by another third to make more you know and it gets to that sort of situation yeah. at times but i and i keep popping back to my wife but she's she's really good at being able to like cast a positive light on things that you said you know she's usually encouraged and go well you know you're in a really Fortunate situation to be able to do this, you know. Like you should just really pig into it if you can, um, Mm. and 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 make the most of it. I suppose. So yeah, it's a yeah. Short answer is yeah. I do, I do, I do feel like that sometimes, but but not so much these days. It's not a it's not a real driver for me. But I do really, I do really enjoy that aspect of what we do is being able to share stuff with people and maybe show things that are different sometimes more rather Mm -hmm. than showing things that are sort of same same. If that makes any sense?
1: No, no, a hundred percent. And I think it's right now, uh, you know, across the board with the New Zealand hunting television shows, mm. they've all got their own little point of difference. And I think it's a really good thing at the moment. And the yeah, fact I,
2: that I really enjoy that aspect of what's been on, put on our screens now, in comparison to I don't know, like say <clears throat> yep. six years ago when there probably was only one show, maybe. <laughs>
1: so then the other, other than family, because I, I, hundred percent understand where that sits with you. The other, the other. The big part of your life is fitness, right? Yeah, I guess it is. So, and you actually own a gym as part of that?
2: Yeah, I, my wife and I do actually. We um, we own a CrossFit gym in, in Hamilton. I suppose fitness has been has always been a part of my life. I suppose well, well not fitness, but I guess sport as such. But it kind of goes hand. In. I mean, if hunting, well, alpine hunting anyway, is a physical pursuit. I mean, you're covering many, many miles at times, and there's a lot of elevation gained and lost, and and so that kind of process in itself weathering the elements requires some sort of like hardiness, I guess. Whether mm-hmm. whether hunters like to associate it with fitness or not, um, it's neither here nor there. Like the reality is is that it's it's a physical pursuit. You've got to get from A to B at times, and, and you yep. sometimes have to be doing it with stuff on your back, and that requires a level of fitness um, to do it. But, yeah, probably, I mean, for me, um, sport, I've, I mean, I've grown up doing athletics and playing for footy, and, yeah, it's always been a relatively active kid, I suppose. So hunting, again, because of its physical sort of nature it was something that you know I leave it, it sort of gravitated towards yeah but in terms of yeah in terms of fitness now is I guess well I suppose it is a, a career for us like we my wife's probably a more competitive athlete or well, used to be more of a competitive athlete than I am but, uh, yeah we yeah we run a we run a sort of a functional fitness training strength and conditioning center in, in Hamilton and it sort of revolves around sort of everyday person I suppose we want to help people with their health and fitness and strength and conditioning so they can get out just like I guess, like most most of us hunters do, and get out and enjoy hmm. their lives outside of, say, work or family or, or for in our case, even from being inside the gym, we we kind of want to do stuff in the gym so that we're better at our lives in the real world outside. Hmm. You know, getting about, and moving our bodies, type scenario.
1: Hmm. So, how do you how do you juggle so much in your life? <laughs> I don't, I don't I, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, and and I mean, is there? Like, is there deliberate things you do? And I I mean this from Uh, a point of view, so like myself, I spent some time a few years ago uh, in Australia really doing sort of, I guess, personal development that allowed me to do some business development. And a lot of the real basics I learned from that was about scheduling Mm -hmm. and about, um, I guess, being accountable to that. Yeah and, and the amount of stuff I got done through that was was actually quite groundbreaking you know and, yeah. I, and I'm not an educated guy I'm not um you know I don't consider myself to work any harder than anybody like my friends would say I work less than anybody but I th- I think it's really about making sure that the time you allocate to something you really just 100% and focus on that
2: Yeah I think I think so um yeah it's funny because now you like you keep sort of pressing these buttons and i'm just like my brain starts sort of thinking about like jeez <laughs> maybe i'm buying not too much so yeah i think i think for me yeah I, I think just due to um what i've done in the past like my career my like professional career and stuff like it's really good tools mm-hmm. that i've learned just in terms of like managing your time and being a bit focused about what it is that you're doing at that particular time but i probably push it too far at times or I become so ruthless with my time that i'm literally <laughs> counting minutes or or Probably mm. more hours, and and I, I, I will. I am pretty cutthroat with stuff that's on the periphery. Like I guess, yep. things <coughs> that are, I, I that, do are understand dis- that. that are distracting to what the um, process is. I guess ends up um, sort of getting put, getting left by the wayside. So mm. I don't know. I don't think I'm good at good at, at any of that stuff, to be honest. But I do, I do try to make an effort because I, I, I'm at, at points I, I am pretty busy to the point where I have to kind of actually schedule stuff in and write write lists, and I'll or I'll have a handful of things that I want to really try and attack that particular day. And, uh, and I'll sort of start with the, the the most, the worst one effectively (laughs) and try and get that project or that job or that thing done and sort of like sort of suck the lemon, I guess. And, and then sort of work my way to the easiest thing, but I don't have any like really sort of method, I suppose. I just, I don't know. I, I I think being ruthless with my time is probably the biggest thing. But I do. Mm. There are weeks and months where I'm just like, oh my god, like I I need to say no to stuff, or I need to um I need to get rid of that particular thing so that it frees me up to do more things like being around at home and being yep. able to relax with my kids and and yeah, my wife, my wife reminds me of
1: that very much so yeah so yeah, we sound similar there don't worry about that it's a, it's a hard
2: <laughs> one it's like um i don't know it's like you give a busy man a job they generally get it done type scenario and i i yeah. I, I, I don't know I, i'm not saying that i'm a superhuman freaking scheduler and i've got everything down to a t like i'm a, i'm often finding myself wasting hours doing something that i get distracted by or um i end up like i'm the, the worst thing for me is like if, if someone catches me halfway through something with something out that's equally important it just derails me like i'll be off yep. doing that thing and then i realize like, oh shit i didn't get that thing done but in terms of like the global well, i think
1: i think is an interesting fact i think it takes something like 17 minutes for the average person to get back to where uh, they were before distraction yeah
2: yeah oh well i've definitely i'm below average then because I'll, <laughs> I'll i'll end up doing something else i didn't even plan to but I think yeah. I, I try to stay within those sort of boundaries and just on a day to day sort of micro scale. Like, I have some mm. jobs that I want to try and get done. But on a global scale, I think we're, my wife and I are pretty good at separating out like the things that we do. Like, say, for instance, with me with the show and then our family life and then, and, uh, and say so our like business, gym. for instance. Yep. Yeah. The gym. And then, you know, there was a time where, where I was still working professionally and traveling sort of overseas with, uh, in an engineering capacity. And so I had to be really kind of like, <laughs> Not bipolar—that's probably a bad term. But like, I mean, I, I was—I <laughs> yeah. was able to just sort of like turn my attention to one thing and focus on that, and then turn it to the mm. next, and and then the the real art was maybe being able to sort of like time it so that you you dedicated this amount of time to it and do yeah. it. Yeah, continue. I think it's so hard. To, you know, one of the best things, and this goes back to home. One of the best things, and and, and, I, and I love it every time. Is like if, if we're on a hunt, even if it's for sort the of show or not, and you just if it's a fly-in type trip. Um, probably you feel that the most on those flying-type jobs when you fly into somewhere, like, say, in a tar ballot block, and it's that moment up to that point when the, when the chopper just buzzes out of there and it's all noisy mm. and crazy, and then it's just silence, and you're in the wilderness and it's time to hunt. Like, those are the – uh, it just unlocks your brain and you're yeah, it's free. There's
1: like a defrag. Oh, so,
2: it's like, oof. yeah, it's like someone just pushes the reset button on the back of your brain and you're just like, boom, and you're it's like you've just been transported back to, like, beer essentials. I really enjoy mm. that because um, life, you know, like everybody, like people, you get busy eh? and and uh, mm. and sometimes if you um, you're not finding that time to go and do things like hunt or fish or go and do those things where you go back to just base basics, you know, like I think it's very healthy. I
1: think I think it's very healthy, and the and the reason I think it's healthy is because I think the alternative of you know staying busier and keeping the passions and the things that drive you and i mean that in balance i don't mean you know your hunting's higher value than your family or your gym or anything but like mm. keeping all that stuff is far healthier than those and i've got friends and i imagine you've got friends too that drop their passions when addictions came along in terms of either their their partners or their kids you know and they drop their passions and i they lose a bit of them yeah, and i think yeah. that's really unhealthy
2: yeah, I, I I totally I totally agree I think um, well for me anyway it's sort of it's so it's so ingrained in the fabric of who I am now that I, or mm. it always has been um, that I, I don't think I'd be comfortable with not not being able to go fishing or diving or hunting mm. or going doing something, even if it's just shouldering a pack and going for a walk or climbing yep. you know doing one of the dock block tracks here you know like that, that that's something that I'll, I think will always be a part of my life regardless of what it is that I'm doing yeah. I think that'll be Something that'll be a constant, yep. so I think it is definitely healthy. But I, I, I know what you are talking about. I know guys that, are, that that are in that situation, that or that have been in that situation, or um, you know, they put things like that on the back burner, but really for their own health and stuff, it's it's uh, mental mm. health, I guess. Yeah, it's um, it's good no, to do that. stuff. So, yeah. and the,
1: the unfortunate thing is, I've seen. I don't know if I am sounding like I am really long on the tooth now, but like I've also seen the the inner desire in them comes back at some point, and then it really derails life. And mm, yeah. uh, you know I think that sometimes it's better in fighting a few little battles at the start <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. and sort of balancing out where you sit with what you do and what you don't do versus giving up who you are or part of who you are, and then trying yeah. to recreate it later because it it just doesn't work yeah. but um, I think we're I
2: think for me I think <laughs> I think for me I'm, I'm, I'm probably speaking out too probably on behalf of lot like, the people that know me and even my wife, for instance, like I think it's always sort of like. It's sort of naturally part of who you are and what you do. It's sort of like unspoken. It's sort of like um, mm. I think Anna underst- understands that about me, and and sort of gives it yep. a pretty. I mean, as I said, I mean she she gives me a pretty wide berth on that stuff, and which I'm you know incredibly thankful for. Um, but mm. I think she kind of understands that, and probably, and, and, she probably who? and yeah, and she probably enjoys. She's like, "Oh, great, he's out, the, he's out now, just back <laughs> yeah. to normality. I can get, I off can it. do what <laughs> I need to do." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than having me sort of grunting around the place, being pissed off that I, that I haven't been hunting or that, oh, I need a gun.
1: Good weather windows Scouts. when you're at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm
2: sitting there <laughs> kicking the can around the back backyard. So, um, yeah, there's a. Like we were just touching on before, there's this push and pull scenario too. But I think I'm fortunate that I've got you know good people around me that are that are encouraging, but at the same time sort of like keep me on the straight Balanced. and narrow at times. Mm. Yeah.
1: So back back to the fitness side of things for you. Yep. <clears throat> how much um, how much time do you allocate do to keeping fit? Well, at the moment, I'm actually um I'm
2: actually <laughs> several hours a day at the moment. I I'm actually really. Uh, I've got um I've got an event I'm competing in an event over in the US in the end of this month actually in um first week of August so at the moment really? I'm, I'm uh, my focus is is trying to get myself sort of in condition to actually go over and participate in that I wouldn't even go as as what, a SPP, um, what but, is the
1: event you, so I'm about, a co- yeah.
2: yeah I'm competing at the CrossFit Games which is sort of like I guess the I guess the world champs for for yep. uh, for, for that particular um, discipline and so i'm uh, heading over there funny enough i'm representing i sort of got a wild card sort of through the back door loophole type scenario i'm i'm representing <laughs> tonga um at the game so um, cool. for me it'll be more i'm more of a participant rather than a um a competitor i guess if you like to for a lack of better terms but i guess i'm sort of um flying the the tongan flag i guess and and the and my german and, and mm. the kiwi flag but also um the hunting the hunting and outdoorsman sort of fraternity too i feel that I'll go over and give it a good nudge with some of these pro athletes cool. and see if I can weather the storm or survive. But, yeah, um, that's
1: cool. Yeah. So really at the cool.
2: moment, at the moment, my, um, I'm trying to sort of make up for lost time and yeah. I'm, 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 f- I'm flat out training just to try and sort of get myself in, in a, uh, well, it's a sort of money in the bank, I guess, like mentally making sure that you feel relatively prepared. Yeah. Um, but Find yeah, in, a, in, a, in, a every, in an everyday scenario, like, um, in terms of like, I, I, I generally keep fit to hunt basically. And so I probably don't dedicate more than an hour a day, um, mm-hmm. just on, in, on an, in an everyday sort of, sort of sense. Um, and I think the stuff that we do and I kind of, it, the way we sort of compartmentalize it, it's sort of enough for someone that's yep. got a job or family and kids and another business and what, well, well, Yeah, whatever. just so, adding more. Yeah, so yeah. we, we try and make, we try and make it whatever we're doing here and it out, it out, sort of like effective for the duration that we have, which is generally around an hour. But yeah, I find myself, sort of doing that, um, mm-hmm. maybe an hour. But at the moment, I'm doing sort of multiple trainings in a, in a day for this very specific type s- s- sort of setting. So, but that's outside cool. the norm. That's not what I'd normally yeah, do. Yeah, but that's cool. Yeah.
1: And that would be, so, you know, obviously you the hour a day, that would be what you would recommend for a hunter out there that, and I get that there's different trainings we could do for yeah, yeah, different hunt um, disciplines, but for a standard hunter that just wants to get more out of their day... Mm. you know and, and you know there's the whole it allows you to enjoy it more you know it could yeah, arguably bring to, you more success all that sort of stuff
2: but yeah yeah i guess there's a whole another podcast if you want to really drill it almost down is, and, yeah. and drill down to details but like yeah i mean <clears throat> for the everyday person if so, I'm, I'm just specifically talking about uh for for a hunter that that i'd probably consider relatively active um this the, the stuff that we do i think is sufficient over a, a, a sort of a long term for instance that would be would give you a, a level of fitness that would where you'd literally just be able to throw those boots on and 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 head for the hills type scenario, mm. and being able to kind of like be prepared for most most sort of scenarios, not all of them, but most scenarios. But I think for most hunting, and I and I sort of like I, I guess I loathe it a little bit. Like I don't, it's like I know the, in the US it's really big, you know, like um, sort of the fitness sort of realms around um, hunting and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I, I'm still I'm still in the school of thought that that you know doing more hunting is is, is is the best way to be prepared to hunt but you yeah. know just like we've been talking for the last 15-20 minutes is like life doesn't allow you not for all of us anyway to allow us to hunt every day or every weekend no. so so if you want to be prepared to hunt when it is time for you to hunt well you've got to do some sort of level of pre- you know preparation prior to mm. prior to heading to the mountain so yeah if you've got this level of activity um you know one one hour a day for us is, is for what i do is for the style of training and, and strength and conditioning we do—it's—it's uh, it's definitely sufficient. I mean, for for hunt specific, you want to have a good aerobic base. This goes without saying is being able to do, uh, you know, be able to get yourself from A to B without sort of mm. uh, expiring, blowing a so, gasket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so for, for for when I know that I've got sort of a, the the main seasons of the raw and, and winter hunts coming up during the summer months, I'll, I'll usually spend a, a, a little bit more time um, sort of doing. Conditioning, sort of like metabolic conditioning, so you're trying to work on that aerobic capacity, so that mm-hmm. when those sort of big climbs come, you're able to sort of crank the gears and and be able to get up there and back without too much issues. But that involves, yeah. like, generally for me, it's pretty simple stuff, like a lot of sort of like rowing, running, um, swimming at times, and and stuff like that. But but what I do to what I generally do with the, with, the, with the, Type of stuff that we do, the sort of high intensity functional training, is we we compress a lot of it into short amounts of time. So it's ju- it's generally intervalised. So you're not working for huge amounts of time, but the intensity is relatively high. So mm. for the in- for the individual, that is. So so you can pack in a lot of um, sort of work into a very short space of time, which has sort of downstream sort of impacts. You know, you, you have this general higher work capacity, this tolerance to mm. to a whole lot of different. So you
1: sort of get a better. Return on investment for your time. Yeah. Uh, a, 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 very un-gym a, a, type <laughs> terminology. Yeah, yeah,
2: effectively. And we, and when I say gym, like we're, we're not, um, in the stuff that I do, we're not sort of like, I guess we're not, I guess your traditional type scenario. We call them Globo gyms where you're sort of like in a, what you probably consider a, a traditional type gym setting. Like we, we, yep. we're, we're in a sort of an open space floor and we're lifting, jumping. Running doing all sorts of functional things that that actually have good transfer into your everyday life and 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 hunting included so mm. and and a big component of that too is, is building sort of mental toughness around um yep. physicality so that you know like I said before, hunting's a pretty physical pursuit at times and and depending on the weather or the whatever's a, sort of obstacles in front of you it can, it can be pretty mentally challenging at times, and so part of it is forging a little bit of that too some resilience um mm. around putting yourself in certain mindsets when you are up against the elements or you've got some big climbs or some big traverses to do and so it's just sort of money in the bank i guess but i don't focus my hunting around fitness uh, was the other way around i don't focus my fitness hunting, around yeah, hunting. Around, yeah i guess i just sort of do it so that it allows me to add a drop of a hat if i had just get beamed on beamed down to the south island found myself suddenly climbing a a face in the U rear is chasing Rusa that I, I can do that. It's sort of a drop of a hat um, mm. rather than going, oh God, I've got to, you know, I've got to build some fitness up before Dust I got off the chase those shoes. T- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think, and this is probably going to segue into the next conversation I want to have with you. Fitness helps for safety. And, and the reason I yeah. wanted to have this discussion around it is, I see, you know, the Hunters Club and the the Mountain Safety Council, and I do a bit of work with the Mountain Safety Council as yeah, well, that's right. having sort of this relationship, um, you know, and, and educating outdoors people, not only hunters, but I guess with the the backgrounds and interest in hunting, it sits closer with them um, around keeping safe in the mountains and stuff. And this is obviously quite important to you yeah definitely I mean, I we, think- we've, tucked up, we've touched on enough topic tonight to know that it's important but yeah yeah
2: for sure i think the the, the relationship we have at mount safety council and uh as, as you'd know that like it was something that we we definitely wanted to be involved in because it goes sort of hand in hand and it's just another vessel for us to be able to um you know get information out to people that that are that are going to be spending the time in the outdoors but you know um I mean we've just been talking again just about family and stuff and the priorities is to be able to go away and do your do your passion or do your hunting and or climbing or whatever it might be and be able to come home and, and share that experience with everyone else so yeah that well, relationship. the most important oh yeah absolutely yeah, uh, yeah.
1: coming home <laughs> far it. exceeds any trophy or oh, or meat or whatever the value is
2: a- absolutely and I think as I've got older and probably maybe a bit grayer and a little wiser that I've Really valued that more than I used to in those early mm-hmm. sort of late teens years, where I yep. just sort of threw caution the wind and just basically sent it, you know. So, um, yeah. But that I, relationship I, 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 is yeah. a good one because we're able to. It's a good one because we're able to. Um, I guess we're able to tie over and and be able to reinforce some of the messages that we we don't sometimes get to convey through the show, and I think. The, the work that the Mountain Safety Council and the platform that they've got and the, the access of information for people, it's all there. But being able to like almost lead people to some of that information or maybe steer them or remind them, even if it's just a reminder that like, you know, making it home is your priority, not not the uh, not the trophy or not the, the, the scent that you're gonna make. It's it's about come, being able to do that but also come home. So it's like for us it's a no brainer. In terms of safety, mm. is like we want to come home and tell the story because if we don't, we're not able to share the story that we that we film. So
1: yeah, yeah, become um, a waste of the time.
2: But I think mm. I think the way that it's been delivered now, and, and like through social media and and uh, some of those mainstream media platforms now, I think um, the Mountain Safety Council have, have been proactive about being able to get the information out there to people because we see it so often, and it's, and unfortunately, it's not it's not it's probably. I mean, there's so much stuff in the media now about foreigners and, and guys that are coming into New, mm. New Zealand. Expecting to be able to do one thing, and then it ends up being something else, and then suddenly they're in trouble, and, and in some cases, you know, guys have unfortunately lost their lives in certain scenarios. So, mm. it's, I guess it's timely, especially with the growth of social media and people wanting to getting more exposure to it, but then and then exposing people to want to go out and try and do more things in the outdoors. There's there's got to be a level of responsibility that we have to share too, to be able to like help that process yeah no
1: definitely because we you know like especially those that are passionate about hunting or the outdoors like we're sort of rightly or wrongly still stuck in that mindset where more people need to get outdoors like they shouldn't be in front of the tv or the computers and and so we we want this but then we've got to be prepared to take ownership on them learning and their education and, and everything that goes with that and then and then when there's you know the unfortunate incidents that that sometimes have led to death but other than that they've just been you know serious incidents like we've got to take some ownership in that
2: yeah i think so and i think as a community too like as as hunters like we're all pretty um i guess proactive people we've got a few you know we've got a few we know a few things so why not mm. share share them, share them with everybody? You know, it's uh, it's, it's only going to help people. You can't. It's not going to, you know, sharing information about um safety and, and making and you know being able to reinforce that message of making it home like that. That, that can't be detrimental to anyone. So for, for something no. like that, we're 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 definitely sort of sleeves rolled up and and digging into yeah. it. I guess.
1: No, it's good, and it's good, and it's good. I guess from the other very. Older generation, or or a typical Kiwi, or there's any kind of term I can go with. um, It's good to see, and again, again, I'm going to use the words you don't want to hear. That the Hunt celebrities dropping the bravado. You know, like it's it's more like actually, guys, we want to go home to our loved ones, or we want to share this with our mates at the pub, even. And that ain't going to happen if we do something. That we haven't yeah. thought well haven't thought through so i think I think hunters hunting safety mount safety council I think it's all really good good stuff so keep that aspect up i think it's i think it's really good
2: yeah and no, I think um, we will for as long as we can i think and i think it's um, it's a real good platform to be able to um, share share what we're doing but also reinforce some of those good safety messages
1: mm, good and then I guess to follow on from that now um what what would you say to to new hunters and I say new hunters now because there's a there's a increasing interest from the from an older start date you know so they're not necessarily yeah. young people um like what what sort of advice would you offer a, a new hunter nowadays yeah
2: I've, um, I've, I've been asked this quite a fair bit and um in recent times about you know guys that wanted that are sort of at a loose end sort of wanting wanting to get into it um and don't know really know where to start i think so it's a tough one eh? because when I look back um, I I was fortunate to have a few people that sort of like helped me shape that that journey um, and and people that I learned from you know learned a huge amount from in that process so I think for me the probably the best advice that I generally is is uh, was was would be to to fight to because we've got the ability now to like reach out on things like social media and stuff like that like I'm always able and willing to help guys that reach out and say, hey look I I'm starting out and hunting, and I just wanted to – you don't know, go as far as like sharing spots, or things, but but even just mm-hmm. being able to go on a hunt with somebody that's maybe done – that's done a little bit of hunting is a good start. Mm-hmm. But that's – like I said, it's not, that's not always so easy. Um, well, so yeah, it's, I, it's, yeah.
1: sometimes it's not even the best option. No, no, <laughs> you know, exactly, and it, I mean, exactly. You know, like in part exactly. you're probably – you know, if you get somebody that's good and safe and educated yeah,
2: and that's, has a skill set, then that's lucky. That's right. And, I, and I'm and in and, and the same breath too. I'm not saying the people that I learned from too were the best to learn to, to or, or, or hunt with either. Um, in some scenarios, you learn some of the things maybe not to do. But I think a good, and I, I probably said this a few times to, to this question, but like a real good start, I think, in New Zealand is going to something like um, your, your local Deer Stalkers Association. Mm-hmm. Because there's generally like a pool of people that are around the sport and that have in, in some cases, it's been around it a long time. It's just a, a collective place that people can go to where maybe that conversation can spark up with somebody that 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 uh, that does some hunting and and there's suddenly there's a relationship forged and then and then and then you start to you know for instance maybe go out on a club hunt or something like that or mm. or you, or you get gather momentum and, you
1: can, and something yeah so you
2: can gather some momentum like that. But um, I know when I was um, sort of first in the South Island and Jamie like we <laughs> I. I'd have, I admit I was a bit of a bookworm like I, I was reading anything, like any piece of information that I could read or find out about or video or, or, or people that I could make contact with I, that's that's what I was doing I was uh, I was trying to like sort of school and educate myself up on not only the sport but the species, um, weather and, and yeah it's a real hard, that's actually a really hard question to answer I, a, I always get yeah. stuck on it a lot because it's sort of like oh, I'm just picturing someone say for instance that's from, I'm not picking Saying someone <laughs> that, that, that this from an urban centre that has and no one in their family that's a hunter, that doesn't even know where to go hunting. Like, what would you say to that person? I, I would offer them my time. Like, if they came up to me and said, "Hey, look, I, I don't know anything about hunting, but I, I really, I'm really passionate. I, um, uh, I want to get involved." I'd be like, "Right, let's organise something and I'll take you for a hunt." But that's that'd be a relatively fortunate situation. Even, even, oh, very I, much I, so. Even my own shoes. Like, I, I, I think back to to me being in a situation like that like i i'd probably be really <laughs> reluctant to to just sort of cold start ask somebody a question like that you know so i
0: 100
1: agree like and, and as the i guess as we go from generation to generation mm. the ability just to know somebody with a skill set is going to diminish oh absolutely. so yeah. like for me there's two things for me like because i obviously asked the question too and i'm like I, for me, it's like you. I always say deer stalkers hunts training. You know yeah, that's hunts training. I was going to say that too. Yeah, that's where to begin. And then, and my reasons on that aren't about well, they are in part about the hunt skill set, but two, you go to a club that has a number of people, so that allows you to find your own social yeah. dynamic, which yeah. is important to help you with hunting. Because I, I know some great hunters that I probably wouldn't hunt with because we're different socially. Yeah. Um, so there's that that format, and then the, and and secondly, I think if people are, are wanting to get into hunting now, and it's a it's sort of a chicken and egg thing. I think going along a, a, p- a paid training and and the, and for the NZDA mm. of day paid trainings merely you know a membership don't think yeah. it's not, a, not a, a huge abundance but I think I want to see people get into hunting because they're really wanting to get into hunting not because yeah. it looks fashionable and they just want to tag along on yeah somebody that they know successful and then I actually mm-hmm. want to take home all the meat I'm like oh hang on that's you know you started with a slingshot and bats I started with shooting birds with a stick like I didn't yeah. didn't just start by a full freezer yeah, and yeah. I I think that's still important and how that comes about is different nowadays, but yeah. I, th- I think by going down that sort of path is,
2: I um, is it's a, a really interesting a topic balance. because it, it is. It's really hard. It's like it's hard for people that have no association to it to sort of like step into it. Like I mean, they mm. can go through the whole process of getting a firearms license, yeah, and then suddenly they've got a dock permit, and it's like there's places that you can go hunting, but then not having the ability to learn off someone or yeah, it's mm. it's like a yeah, it's a like I said, it's a really hard question to sort of like answer but i'm always willing to sort of lend a hand and i always try and you know you touched on these sort of origins of where hunting sort of began for you and when i do meet you guys that are into it i always sort of like i i kind of like hark back to those Mm. sort of beginnings for me and try and instill a little bit of that because i for me anyway i feel that's important but yeah i think deer stalkers and and hunts training i think is is a really good start not not because you're going to get all the answers there but it it, mm. it it puts you in that in that social setting where you might meet somebody that is willing to give you give you some time or advice or yep. maybe you find yourself on a club hunt and uh, and you you know you get to experience that 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 hunt i think these days i think it's a good is a good start for someone that is i'm just i'm specifically talking to somebody that's just literally had nothing to do with hunting and wants the to get green. started at yeah, t- yeah, t- yeah, exactly. So,
1: and it's true, man. Because I, I actually teach um, the firearms license, and mm. uh, I had a lady on one of my courses, and, and you know, she was late fifties, now found herself on a lifestyle block, and decided she wanted to get a firearms license to manage the rabbits, yeah, and didn't right. know anybody that, <laughs> did, did any hunting in any form. Yeah, I was like, wow, like yeah. I was like, it was really hard for me to comprehend. Like, I, then it's then I get that it. It's quite intimidating for her to go to NZDA and the uh, hunt. Course. Yeah, you know, I'm absolutely. Like, Phew. So, so I actually spent, I spent a couple of hours just actually talking to her on some sort of form of education about. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a difficult thing, but it's it's good that I they're out there. And I, you know, it's
2: th- and yeah. this conversation too just makes me think of how fortunate I have been to be to have the people that have you know given me their time or, or was, have been willing to take me on a hunt or all the mm. hours that I spent with sort of good mates, sort of learning the craft, like there's there's almost a part of it that's self driven but there's also so many people that i that I think back to thank for their time and the experience that they've shared over the years that I, I i guess I wouldn't have the um sort of tools or the knowledge in my kit bag that i that I, if I hadn't met these mm. people or they'd given mm-hmm. me their time sort of scenario so yeah it's a hard one i don't, i hope i think that 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 whole scenario for me is why I, why I've always been really willing to someone that if they've ever come up to me and ask me questions i'll always spend the time talking to them or helping the them or, give, or mm. give them some information like that I've, that's I've that been imparted on me or that I've learned. Yeah, that's a tough yeah. one.
1: <laughs> it is, man. Andre, nowadays you are bow hunting. Is that correct? Mm. Is yeah. this 100% bow hunting?
2: Um, I wouldn't say 100%. I am probably 95% bow hunting. I still um, – Use a rifle for, I guess, for hunting handy meat, but um, in some situations, like I've been, I was just away on the weekend and uh, scouting some some rooster country, and I, I had the rifle with me. Not that, not to say that rooster are not impossible to bow hunt. Um, definitely been in scenarios where that could have happened. Um, but yeah, I, I know, guys. I mean, I hunt, I hunt a bit with uh, a fair bit with like guys like Caden Willis, and 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 he's he's just a str- you know, he just he just does bow hunt, like he's just a bow hunter and does very little rifle hunting, so. But I guess my origins, he started, I guess, with a bow and his hand, whereas my origins mm. to, to start back with a rifle. Um, yeah, it's well, a difficult one. A, sli- was- a slingshot, actually, but, but <laughs> yeah. But, but, um, but yeah, like, I sort of like, i try to bow hunt as mostly now. Especially why, why? species that I. I don't know, I guess it's a challenge. It, uh, uh, well, I mean, that's always the first one people come out with, oh, it's way more challenging, but I don't know, for me, it just feels. It's, it's way more primal, like. Mm. I guess it's just sort of like the food aspect to it, but I, the yeah the the whole process um of archery. You know, when I um I'm just thinking back to when Simon Boulevard actually he put me in my first bow. I don't know how many years ago, a long time now, but but I just remember the first time I started to shoot targets and and stuff. Like I just felt this connection to to archery equipment and being and having this idea of being able to hunt with one was. Yeah, it just felt really natural to me, but I think it had this primal sort of aspect to it that I knew that I had to, you know, really hone my hunting skills and be able mm. to get it nice and close and, and even learn the habit of the species that you're potentially going to be chasing even, even more. So, mm. yeah, I guess in general there's this element of, like, the challenge that it presents, but for me it's a sort of a more, like, a natural sort of transgression into into that, and yeah, well, you, and as,
0: I yeah, sorry.
2: No, no, I was I was gonna say, and the, and the thing that, that generally hooks me usually is, is another learning curve. Like, if there's something to learn new or it's a, it's a challenge, like, I'm, I'm, I'm in. So, um, it was like starting mm. it was like learning to hunt all over again with, with archery equipment. So, I really enjoyed that process, yeah. I'm no, still I, in, I am still enjoying that process.
1: am <laughs> <so. laughs> much, much the same. Like, I, I wanted to go down, down the archery route, and I'm very new to this, so. This is from a very basic beginning level to to recreate what had not become easy. I don't want to sound like it's a straight out ego sort of based topic, but hunting in part had become kind of straightforward with the rifle, um, and some species wrongly, in my opinion, had lost their value. Um, where you know, so like I said, the rabbits, the goats, like I grew up hunting them, and and when I was a young guy, that was that was enough to get me up two hours before daylight. You know, and, and for me to spend all day out there doing it, and now, uh, you know, until my daughter's old enough to experience that same thing, I don't, I don't yeah. have any drive to shoot one, and I sort of, so I wanted to find a way of recreating that. So then I got the bow, and I, I love it, I absolutely love it, and I, you know, shoot the targets, da, 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 da. but then strangely enough, I haven't killed anything with it, and it's not through the lack of opportunity, like I've stalked in, in on good stags um you know like g- good animals be it be a trophy or just you know really good healthy well-earned trophies yeah and every time it's come to a stalemate mentally for me
2: it's tough stuff man like when you're in that close and like it's yeah it, this is this is what i'm talking about too it's like this 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 is like primal maybe it's just the like the evolution of human beings and, and how the bow and arrow has been a huge, yeah. I, I, haven't, I haven't been able to it. figure it out
1: because <laughs> for me it's kind of like like I've shot thousands of animals. Like you know, I've worked in pest control. Like I've shot thousands, so it's, it's nothing related to the the hunt of it. When I like, and I've been at full draw, and you know, like yeah. like literally everything up until squeezing my my trigger. You know, but then there's a like a. It's almost like. I don't know if I've got a fear of failure or a fear of not doing it well, or still yeah, well, a, a lack of belief in what I'm going to do with this error, and, oh, may, and maybe that's, I need that's, to flood it and move on. I don't know. That's, <laughs> a,
2: that's a real hurdle too. I mean, like, um, and 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 I'll be the first to admit, like, sometimes sometimes the error doesn't find the, the mark exactly where it needs to go, and so that 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 can be worrying too. I mean, it, especially mm. coming from a rifle um, perspective too, because generally up to that point, like. You know, you, you usually put that bullet where you sit where comfortably it needs to go. with it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And mm. so that, 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 that's definitely an element of mine, especially when I'm pushing the um, pushing the distances or maybe it's a tricky shot in terms of angle or rake or something like that. Like that, that can be, that can definitely be worrying. And, and I've even had times where, even last season, I think, I was playing with Caden, we were chasing bull tar and, and we had to sort of wait out of a, a few animals just to, because I, I didn't feel comfortable. And and that's actually in that scenario, I did have the camera where I didn't feel comfortable of with that arrow, that you know, making that arrow placement sort of mm. count. So we had to sort of wait it out till till a, a better shot, or, or we could put ourselves in a position to 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 make more of an ethical kill. So it's it's definitely something that you don't take for granted. Whereas I felt that with the rifle, at times, as you were saying, like you kind of took that a little bit for granted at times. Whereas with with the with the bow, like I I go I think about that process because of the nature of what you're doing a lot like you're you're thinking about angles of trajectories of of that arrow or particular areas of impact and what's between you know between the arrow and and the vitals and there's a whole lot of stuff and that can be just a, and the, even
1: the awareness of the animal that was the one thing that i've i guess yeah. in post you know not at the time when i'm standing there you know 20 meters from the animal but but in post for whatever is when i'm at home sitting thinking about it mm. like like how where was the animal and yeah, were they going to jump the sh- Like I'm, I'm asking myself all these questions that I can't even answer because it's, yeah. it's in post. You know what I mean? Like I can remember what I saw, but phew, oh, well, yeah, I don't
2: know. <laughs> it's, it, yeah. So I guess it's something that you, you'll be able to answer for yourself when you do, exactly. when you do finally exactly. get that, when you do finally get that lethal arrow go, and and uh, and you'll be and you'll be happy that you that you did leave a few Take of those animals. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, you exactly. T- took your time, absolutely. Like, um, that's a good mindset to have, to be honest. Being an archer is that often especially going from a rifle to a bow is that you can sort of take that 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 thinking or that mindset for granted and you mm. just be letting arrows go left right and center and i think that's really important too as an archer is that you definitely want to make sure that you're you're happy in the range and on the target before you go yeah. out and start flinging arrows and, and and as you say you're better to err on the side of caution if you don't feel that you're, you're confident that maybe your arrow might make the mark or maybe the animal's aware that it might might compromise the shot for instance well Best mm. thing to do is probably just let it slide and, and uh, have a go next time scenario. So yeah, I think I, comm- I commend you for that, mate. I I think that's really um, commendable to be honest to be able to, to make decisions. Not a lot of guys that would come to full draw and be like, oh, no, I'm not going to mm. let that one go." You know, it's it's a hard decision to make, especially in that yeah. to get to full draw. I mean, a lot of guys that don't bow hunt to be able to get to full draw on an animal, especially if you're in, in bush. Now that that's mm. a that's a task in itself. So. um yeah, that, yeah that's
1: man. Cool. Oh, I can. I can tell you because one of the ones this raw was actually a a sixteen point red.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, man. Like, yeah. I, and, and in part that probably makes it worse for me but yeah. I, it's it's that's fine but
2: no nah, i mean that's part of the process man i th- i think that, that that's healthy and it it may when you do finally get that one with with the arrow, like you'll really appreciate it eh? the oh the time. value on it's going to be high it's going to yeah. be
1: nothing to do with points or th- nothing to, like it ain't going to be about that for me yeah i think uh, with all the archery good.
2: kills i think that's the other thing too and you know we're asking about why archery, like, that's the other thing is that, like everything's i guess you just value it like when you do when you do obtain that um that meat I guess in most cases with the bow it's like it's such a satisfying feeling that you're able to go right back to that primal type type method of hunting and be able to get a effectively a, a stick flying off a string um mm. to harvest your meat like that's that to me that's really uh it's something that keeps me coming back to it you know time and time again
1: so from that then so what what sort of hunt ambitions do you have now in terms of I guess either species your methods um, yeah, yeah. you know locations what what's andre's hunt ambition now i don't
2: know like i I, i've got i've I've got this big list of things that i'd love to be able to do from a hunting perspective um some of them not really that complicated or or glamorous either like i think ambitions for me would be definitely i'd love to i'd love to at some stage to be able to sort of hunt elk in the u.s with the with the the bow i think that'd be a real pinnacle for me Mm -hmm. personally i think that'd be really awesome to be able to Sort of uh get a chance or an opportunity to do that one day, mm. but I think yeah, doing more of the simple like it just sounds a bit weird, but even doing more of the simple stuff for me like i've just I was just recently back home in the islands with uh with the old man and uh and actually a few of the boys from the crew came over and, we, and uh it was just so satisfying just going back to like the basics, you know like i and I hadn't done that for a while. And it just made me yep. realize when I was actually doing it, like how much I enjoyed that stuff. You know, like setting up snares and and uh, hmm. trapping wild pigs and and um, just really going going back to basics and, and hunting and and fishing and catching for food. I think that's. Yeah, I think I'm going to really do great. more of that in, in the future. Uh, like I said, it doesn't that's not a huge ambition, but yeah, I'd love to definitely love to to head over to the US and and um, and and hunt elk and and um, mule deer. Coos deer, that'd be, that'd be another species that's definitely on the list for me. I'd love to go down and hunt some coos deer down in Arizona there or um, right on the Mexican border somewhere.
1: <laughs> mm. But,
2: um, yeah, I think the U.S. is something that's um, is definitely on my radar. And then, uh, yeah, Europe. There's, a, there's plenty of species in Europe that I'd love to, to get over and, and hunt. But for me, the drivers too, it's sort of like because I come from more, you know, when I think about hunting, the things that well up in me are more the sort of food element to it Mm. and then sometimes i often like think you know if i went to hunt some of these more sort of exotic species in places like europe and stuff like what would be my attachment to that as as a food source so sometimes i'm like i kind of like think ah i'd love to go and hunt that stuff for the for the sake of being able to put myself against the terrain and the species and the challenge and i guess that most of the time that's what really gets me out the door yeah Um,
1: 100 percent. i um well i did a had a chat with my taxidermist a couple of weeks ago and um you know i talked about the fact that for me like my trophies on my wall and so forth are postcards in time for me like yeah. when i look at them they they bring back the whole period and um to 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 go with exactly what you're talking about like i've got a, a hunt in canada this year and i've got a, a moose tag caribou tag and a stone sheep tag yeah wow and uh yeah I'm absolutely like phenomenal opportunity, but they're they're all well. The stone sheep, especially, like it's my it's my top of the line. That's that's my oh, one that's, animal. Absolutely, um, and it's but it's the reason for that is because of the time I spent working there and the the hunts I put in for others on that species yeah. and and the enjoyment so I you've got. got a, you know, you've got
2: yeah, that's it. You've got a background and association to to that. You know, like it's
1: <clears throat> and that's a hundred percent what it's about. You know, like mm. I know. Hopefully, if I'm successful or if I'm lucky enough to be successful, that I'll certainly eat what I can and all the meat gets used. I know all that, mm. but it's about the mount being on my wall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, yeah. it's it is purely about when I look at that, it will flood everything from 2010 to now. Yeah. That, like that's that, a- that'll be.
2: Exactly. And that's uh, some there's some people that don't, um, that, you know, for some people that might be hard to comprehend, but, you know, like I appreciate that for sure. Like I can see the, um, you know, when you look at stuff like that on on your wall or you've got, even for me, I've got like, I've got all sorts of stuff. i like, was just looking at, I've got a marlin bill sitting on my desk right now and that, 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 that's been carved up and stuff. And uh that, that, you know it, it jogs in memory of that scenario mm. that adventure the the whole how it all unfolds it signifies
1: and and my and my him actually worded it better than I do. Mm. He said you know when somebody finally catches their ten pound backwater um you know rural mountain stream brown trout and gets that mounted, yeah, it's actually not about that fish, yeah, it's about the very first day they got their fishing license and fished with their father or their loved ones yeah and every right fish they've caught up to that. Like that's what that trout signifies. And that's the truth for me in hunting as well.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm the same. I've got a lot of like, um, a lot of stuff. I don't have much sort of actually like full taxidermy mounts, but I have a lot of like sort of Euro sort of just Mm -hmm. bear skull and, and, uh, antlers or horns type sort of mounts. And that for me, it, I know that sounds real weird, but like kind of like removes the, like I don't need to have the, the mount there for like, in its full sort of glory with sort of spin mm-hmm. on to kind of, it, for me really, it's all sort I of look at them all now, like the sort of look around my office is like, they all just, each one of them sort of jogs a, a memory or, or mm-hmm. a process that's happened up to that point. And, um, it's hard to explain to people, I guess at times, but in terms of ambitions, it's those, those do actually drive me too. it's sort of like, well, I'd, I'd love to have that particular, um, that particular trophy on my wall or I'd love to be yeah. able to share a story about the time that I got to to go and harvest an elk or or, or in your case like a stone sheep or something like that that would just be amazing and it's it, a big chunk of it is just like the unknown and the adventure that had come from something oh, like yeah. that and it's just that like that token bit of like bone and antler is just literally like a is just a, like as you said a postcard that jog your memory about the effort the time the the that the, um, the trials and tribulations or whatever, yeah, led up to that whole, the, the that sweat whole and tears,
1: or there's, there's yeah, so yeah.
2: much. And as you said, it, for, for some people, it's not just that particular, it's, it's, and often it is, it's not just that particular animal, that species, it could be, a, a, it sums up a whole lot of other stuff, like a, mm. a whole life worth of hunting, for instance. So, yeah, I mean, the ambition side of things, it's, it's a it's an interesting one because i do have these like things that i want to do and then there's there's other things that i'm like oh would i do that if i wasn't in a, you know forced into that particular scenario or i didn't mm. go and actively pursue it so sometimes i'm a i'm a sort of combat myself a little bit in my mind but yep. you know that's such a the ambitions that i do have in terms of that stuff is uh it's more about the adventure i guess I just going out and yep. giving it a good nudge um But, yeah, like, so, yeah, I guess in summary, like, some of that stuff, like, I see the guys that are hunting in uh, in, in, in Europe and stuff, like, in Hungary and Spain. Like, Spain's got an amazing... Um, a array, s- array of animals to hunt there, <laughs> and, and they all seem like they're pretty good eating to me. So I'd be happy to go yeah. over there and holiday and hunt and stuff like that. And Australia, uh, I mean, like I mean, I still do, I do a lot of hunting in Australia, but like often it's the adventure of going over there and sharing a good a uh, trip with your mate over there. I've still got ambitions yeah. to chase down those uh those wall hangers, I suppose. But often it's the adventure that, that comes with it that, that really sort of uh, you know incites that sort of energy or that passion to go and do it.
1: Well, that's what gets you out of bed in the morning. Yeah, if, if the only reason we get out of bed was for trophies. <laughs> <laughs> We'd probably yeah. go back to bed earlier. <laughs> and I was,
2: I was going to say the third thing that probably that inspires me now to really stay active with it and uh, and and and, and uh, sort of keep the juices flowing. Yes, is my daughter and stuff is like I really wanna I really wanna be for her to find her legs and that I, I don't want to mm-hmm. force her into it, but I feel that if I'm active and and it's a part of my life that it, that it, that it will sort of by default be part yep. of hers and it'll be something that I'll be able to share with her. Through association I mean, I don't, I don't, at the very least. Yeah, I don't I don't exactly want to I don't I'm not expecting her to be a, a, a hunter, a trophy hunter or, or, or any hunter for that kind of matter, but if, if it's if it's something that is not foreign to her, that is natural in her life, that she understands the process that yes, this is where our meat comes from or or it might be a scenario that she just enjoys going in the outdoors with me to go and follow me when I go do my passion like that's something mm. that's an that's an ambition that sort of drives me to to um to do to do what i do i suppose is be able to share it with my daughter when when she's ready
1: yeah that's awesome that is awesome i think that's a that is a is a really good way to close on this conversation i think Sweet. that's awesome I think it really is all right So. Um, cool. I'm, I'm happy so, if you are yeah, man. No, no, no. Awesome. That was actually really good. So, Andre, how do how do people follow? I guess you or or the Hunters Club. How do we go about that?
2: Um, I guess if you want to follow me, it's probably uh, not that exciting. But you can probably best place to follow me is probably on Instagram. Um, follow me on Train Hunt Thrives. My tagline there. Um, but yeah, on the Hunters Club is probably the main sort of uh, way you can keep track of what we're up to. But you can catch us. We're actually in season at the moment with with two episodes in. I think third to come this coming Monday. Um, but yeah, we're on Sky Sport uh, 1 and 2, 7.30pm on a Monday night, so we've got we've got a prime time slot, which is really encouraging for New Zealand outdoor sports, and uh, yeah, we've got 10 episodes to go, or sorry, we've got 10 episodes this season, and this is our our fifth season, so um, we've still got plenty in the can for next the next season, which is season 6, so we've got uh, lots of content and, and heaps to share, so looking forward to, to doing that this season.
1: Awesome, So, and I'll also put that. I'll put a link to that on our show notes in the form, probably website yeah, or something like that so people can track us down. But um, yep. I thank you very much for your time, Andre. Hey, no worries. It's Curran been a great it, yeah. chat, actually. I've uh, really enjoyed it.
2: No, no, no worries, man. Thanks. Hopefully it wasn't too long-winded and I wasn't too uh, yappy there. But
0: No, mate, it was all good. G'day. Thanks for listening to the Educated Hunter podcast. There are a number of ways you can connect with myself, Matthew Gibson, or my partner in crime, Curran Island, at The Educated Hunter and the hub full of this is our website theeducatedhunter.com Our Instagram page is at The Educated Hunter Our website also has a spot where you can sign up for our newsletter that comes once every two weeks and is full of relevant information about hunting in New Zealand and around the world and lastly you can search out any of the episodes that we've done in the past and find the show notes on that episode Other than that thanks very much for listening and I hope you're having a good day wherever you are And your next hunting adventure is not too far away.